So I said to my friend, Crystal Bells, I said to her, I said, you know what? God is telling me to change it from that, from his ministry to Psalm 27. Um, because that's where my hiding place was. That was that was my safety zone. That was where I could always reflect back. Because my father used to say to me, because it was in and out of foster home, he said, Pam, no matter where you go, always remember that God's going to take care of you. God's going to do everything for you. I started out in foster care when I was four, and I ended up in this family's house. And um, it was different. It was so, so different. My mother was alive. She came back, and she, she got me, and she took me back. to Now, now we're living in Brooklyn. That's where Brooklyn came from with my other siblings. And um, I, I watched my mom, you know, in her relationships and beaten and battered and just craziness. So when you saw her go through that, did you feel like that was normal to do? Because I was so young, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really think anything really about it. Um, I, as I look back now, I can say I thought it was normal, but at, the, at that time, no, okay. no. We were shooting out the room, and you can still hear the fussing and the, the language. You can still hear that. And then when um, the fight was over, she looked so totally different, mm. totally different. So with that happening to us in the home, of course, the agencies came in and took us away. And that's when you know more abuse began with different foster homes and. It just wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, but anyway, let's run back to Psalm 27, if that's okay. And um, while I was writing, God told me that I've sent you to, um, to better women, to abuse women, to help them out of what they're going through and they have gone through because you are a survivor and you're out. But my foundation was the church. My foundation was the scriptures. My foundation was the fact that God kept me. He, did he see it? Of course he saw it. But he knew mm -hmm. that I would come through this, even though I didn't know myself. I didn't know how I was going to come out. I didn't know how I was going to get out. But I knew eventually that God would get me out because my foster father said, remember, remember to love the Lord and that God's going to always help you and protect you. So um, that's where Psalm 20 um, came from. And from foster care, how many foster cares were you in growing up? Oh, maybe about anywhere from five to six, because some was, some were long term mm -hmm. and some were short term, depending on how my mother would get her act together to mm -hmm. come back and get us. Um, but the hard part about that was um, my mom used to say to me, and I have five brothers and two sisters, and I'm the second oldest. And can you imagine a five-year-old and your mom is telling you to take care of the sibling above you and the, the two below you, yeah. okay, because she was, she was out. And um, she would always say to me, remember, don't let anything happen to them. Mm -hmm. These are your babies. These are your babies. And that stayed with me even as a child. I knew how to iron clothes. I knew how to make a little, you know, cook a little bit on the, on the stove. I knew how to care for my brothers and my sisters. So when the agency came and they took us away they separated us and for me that was another measure of abuse because I couldn't do what my mother had told me to do she says never leave your siblings wherever you go they go but as time went on um, the boys went one place I went one place by myself um, witnessed some horrible things in that particular home 
and uh, my mom I left at home. Oh, can I say this? You can. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. When I went to my first foster home, I was four years old. And it was in Soho in New York City. And um, you had to walk up the stairs to get to the, the apartment. And when I got there, um, this was a lady in there, and she had a little girl who I never heard her talk. She never, she never spoke. The social worker dropped us off, dropped me off. Um, I went to bed, I woke up the next day, they took us downstairs in her, her they called it a bodega, a store, mm -hmm. where we stayed all day long. But what was so horrible about that was the food we ate was the baby, beech nut baby food, but it was the broken jars. Mm -hmm. So I had to take the, the, the glass out of the jars mm -hmm. and feed the little girl as well as feed myself. And if we started coughing, she would give us a piece of bread. Because if there was any glass, the bread would push the glass through. It would push it through. I remember one night, um, I did something, but I'm not going to tell you all that part yet. It's, a, <laughs> it's in the book. You have to get the book for this one. But anyway, she said, I'm going to get the devil out of you. I don't know about the devil. She ran some water in the, in the bathtub. And back in those days, when the water was hot, it turned brown. Ooh, it was wow. it was brown, and she took the little girl and she she put the little girl in the tub, and the little girl she screamed, but you didn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. It was a silent scream. Now, being young, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that she was in trouble, and she had lifted me to put me in the same tub, but I could feel the water. I can feel the heat of the water on my on, under my feet, and I screamed and I yelled and I was kicking and. I know it was only the hand of God. I know it was God. And a man came from next door and he saw what was happening and he pushed her down. Now I should have fallen in the tub, mm -hmm. but I ended up behind the toilet bowl. And the, the home was old, so it wasn't the, the toilet that we normally see. It's the one that had the, um, in. it's the one that had the, 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 the bowl. And then there was a piece that went up to the ceiling mm -hmm. and I hid behind there. Mm -hmm. He, he had a fight with the lady. He took the baby out of the tub. She, I never heard her say a word. Wow. She never said anything. And he wrapped, he put uh, lard. Remember the old-fashioned yeah. lard? Yeah. And he put lard on her. And I could hear the sizzling of the lard on this child. I'm petrified on the floor. Then he took an old army blanket, a, woolen, a wool blanket, and he wrapped her. Mm -hmm in the wool blanket. I later found out that, that wasn't a good idea to do. So when the cops came and they saw that she was wrapped in the blanket and the paramedics came, they had to take the blanket off of her. I'll never forget the smell. She never opened her mouth. I never heard this little girl talk, ever. So of course the agency came and they, they took me to another foster home, which were my foster parents that I ended up with later on in life. And for the life of them, they couldn't get me in the bathtub. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Definitely. That, that, was, that was not good. But she was so caring and so loving that she herself got in the tub mm -hmm. and showed me that the water was fine. And she put bubbles in the tub and that the water was fine. And I was like, no. <laughs> this is something we're not going to do. And, and the reason why I'm saying that part is because 
I saw something so totally different mm -hmm. from her than my mom. Mm -hmm. And now I want her to be my mom because I didn't have to take care of her children. I was the center of attention. Um, eventually I did get in the bathtub. Um, life in that home was different. It was very, very different. I remember uh, getting my hair done, uh, you know, looking like a little princess and they treated me like a princess. Life was so different in that particular home. Can you say that was your happy place also? That was definitely my happy place. When my mom would come to visit, I was anxious to see her go because <laughs> I knew that eventually we would, I would have to go back home and I didn't want to go back home because it was myself and she and the family had a son mm -hmm. and it was him. And he was quite older than, than I. He was in school. But I had all the attention. I was told that I was pretty. I was told that, you know, um, God loved me. Everything was God because mm -hmm. it was a Baptist Baptist house and um, then I decided I was going to sing so I began to sing the songs in the church I began to listen to my father pray and mock his prayers when we got home from church on Sundays I would mock the entire service it was it was a happy place and mom came back and she took me back home and the cycle started all over repeating again repeated wow. cycle yeah. Yeah. yeah Miss Tina have you been through My mother had me when she was 15, mm -hmm. so she was young. So the grandmother raised me. Notice I say the grandmother. I don't really call her my grandmother. Um, she was very strict. She was very abusive verbally as well as, as physically. Um, I wanted my mom, you know, so I would cry. She basically allowed her to live her life and she was raising me. Mm -hmm. So I would be caught in a catch-22 between the grandmother and my mother. And so whenever I would kind of cry or my mom or whatever, you know, I would get yelled at, I would get slapped um, if I got in trouble. And I never knew this was abuse until later. I, Whenever I got in trouble, she would strip me naked, tie my hands and feet with like old rags, mm -hmm and beat me with an extension cord. Whoa. By the time she finished, I got loose. Cause you know, extension cord, it hurt yeah. with clothes on, but with clothes off, that's, like that's a whole nother thing. And so by the time she finished, I pretty much had webs. Wherever, wherever I got hit at, that's where I had webs at. She would put me in the tub. She would pour, she would put Epsom salt in the tub. Ooh. So that would make it burn. Then she would pour alcohol over me to try to hurry up and heal it. And then if I had to go to school, it would sometimes be hot. You know, Florida, we hot almost all year round. I have on long sleeves and pretty much long pants. I can't wear shorts and tank tops anymore because I can't let anybody see. And she always told me, like, you better not tell anybody. And, you know, it was basically like, you better not tell anybody or I'll do it again. Or, you know, I'll kill you. So I was scared. But I did not know that it was abuse. I thought everybody went through that. Went through yeah. that. You know, because that became my norm. Um, my mom had left. The grandmother raised me. My mom was in an abusive relationship. I wanted to go stay with her. She wouldn't allow me to go stay with her. Uh, she was Her first husband was a sailor. He threw her down a flight of 
steps and broke her arm. Um, she finally got away. She came back. She was there for a little bit. I was happy, you know, but then it was that catch-22 if I listened to my mom and then listen to the grandma. I was in trouble. If I listened to the grandma, I didn't listen to the mom. So from the time I was in kindergarten, it started. I was in counseling from kindergarten through fifth grade. And any time the counselor would call home and ask about these different things, I would get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I would ask her, please don't call home. I just need somebody to talk, talk to, to yeah. just to get it out mm -hmm. because I was depressed even as, as a little girl. Mm -hmm. And um, as time went on <clears throat> and I got older, I became suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, and that was in junior high school because of all of the abuse. And she even taught my mom how to abuse me. My mom didn't want to do it. But that's how she taught her to do it. No, this is how you have, have to do it. Because she always said, I was hard-headed. I didn't listen. So basically, she was trying to break me, mm -hmm. as, she, as she would say. So I grew up with abuse. So when I wound up, later on when we get to it, into an abusive relationship, it was kind of normal for me. Because wow, yeah. I was talked down to as a child. I was told you're dumb, you're stupid, you know, you're no good, you're never going to amount to anything. As I became a teenager and, and growing up looking for love in all the wrong places, now I was a hoe. Mm -hmm. You know, they nobody gonna ever anybody gonna ever want you. You know, if you sleeping with them, then you might as well get paid for and for me, I was like, well, that would make me a hope. But isn't that crazy how guys label women? Because, you know, following in life, we realize that we go through things in life. It's not that we're crazy. It's just we're trying to find love in the wrong places. And we start, we're trying to find a relationship while we're still bleeding. And the wound's not healed. And so, you know, even when you guys looking at your point of view, you guys as children, I never saw abuse growing up. You know, uh, I didn't know, you know, um, a lot of reasons people ask me, why didn't you leave the abusive relationship? Because he made me, he didn't make me because I did. I left my home and he presented a home for me and the kids and, um, you know, and looking back at it, like, first the boys went there, because my, it was Jazz first, my daughter, and then she left and it was just the four boys. And then after a while, when it got so bad, he started beating me in front of the church and then my children started lashing out on me and I realized, like, why are they lashing out on me? Because they was angry because I put them in this situation. And from another male point of view, looking in at an older man beating them, and I didn't know later in life, I mean, later on down the line, my boys was plotting to kill him. They told me. They said, we were plotting to kill him. And so if I would have stayed in that relationship any longer, I they would have went to jail behind my mess and what I did because it was red flags. I ignored them. I ignored God. He was just, he was singing me. And I'm like, nah, nah, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, not trying to cut you off. Um, you know, it's been a year and a half since it happened. It still hurts. I'm about to cry. Mm. It's some tissue. Mm. But I'm telling you, if you're going through something like that, that's not love. Money can't save your life. And the only reason I stayed in that relationship because I lost a lot of stuff. And during that time when God was begging me and he, he would tell you to leave and you said that he was pleading to leave. He kept saying, Angie, he's going to kill you if you don't leave. And at the end, I kept saying, God, if you get me out of here, I will sleep in my car. Just save me and my children. And that day, 
I had two hundred dollars in the bank, and I remember I called my son-in-law over and my daughter-in-law. I said, "Move my stuff, and I'll give you all my money in my bank." My son-in-law came over. He was mad because he was just throwing my stuff, cussing me out, and everything. And so my son-in-law said, Aunt "Mom," he said, "If you say something to you, I'm going to beat you." But when we left, I left everything besides my clothes and my kids. That was the best thing I ever did. Now looking back on it, he could have killed me because when he hit me with such force in my face, I didn't show all the pictures. He, it was a bigger hole than that, you know. And I lied about it to cover to help him up. So you know, I know you went through something worse than I did, you know. But I thank God that I'm alive. I love my life, you know, and I thank Him that I'm alive. You know what, um, Angela, if I may. You said I, I've probably gone through something worse. You know, uh, one of my books, or my empowerment workshop, is called A Measure mm -hmm. of Abuse. Okay, abuse is abuse. Exactly. Okay, what happened to you? Okay, doesn't negate what happened to us. And we can't put a, we can't measure that. We can't measure that. Um, it was not the intention for women to be beaten exactly. the way we were, regardless of what we've done. Regardless, sometimes you just, you know, now that we know, you step back, you yeah. think, you count, whatever it's going to take, you count. But, but growing up and you don't know, you've never seen no. seen it. I ended up, because remember now, I said I was in foster care. Mm -hmm. You age out. Uh -huh. And when you age out, the money stops. Oh, wow. You age out. So you have, if your birthday's in April and the school doesn't end until May, you age out. If you have a parent that says you can stay there, you can stay there, but mind you, they're not getting paid uh -huh. while you're there. I felt like I was a burden to the family because I couldn't do anything right after I aged out. Went to a party, met a young man, uh -huh. didn't know him. I went to a party, I met him. Okay, it was a date rape. I got pregnant during the date rape. He went home. Okay, my dad um, was a pastor of, of his church. You coming in pregnant? Oh. No, that wasn't going to happen. So I had to marry this young man, okay? Oh, wow. He didn't like me, and I didn't like him. But I'm not a fighter. And what and what no one knew was that from the day April, whenever it was, April. Yeah, April 23rd. Today's wow. 23rd? Yes. April. You see how God just bite things away from you? He's awesome. But April the 23rd, when I got married, um, my first beating was April the 23rd that night. Wow. And I'm pregnant that night. I remember um, I had lived something out of the... I got beat every single day, every time I was in that wow. relationship. Okay, my daughter wasn't due until September. Um, in October, not in, in um, September, I reached for a bag. And I didn't know there was things in it. So the placenta began to up to rupture. It's called placenta abrupto. I go to the hospital by myself. I'm all by myself. I get in there. I'm 18 years young. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know anything about a C-section. I don't know anything about that. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they drugged me because they had to take the baby. And they took her. I was in the hospital by myself until my sisters and them found out. He came to the hospital, of course. But when I, I was in there about two weeks because I was sick. Um, when I got out of that hospital, the day I brought my baby home, okay, I got beat. He sung in the choir. He sung right next to me in the choir, and nobody knew. Wow. So he was a measure of abuse, honey, but that nobody knew. Why? Because you don't tell what goes on in your house stays in your house. 
All right, and then the shame. Yeah. The shame of it all. Okay, I messed up. I, I, I aged out, but I messed up. Mm -hmm. I still love God, but I messed up. So my family didn't even know that I was living in an abandoned building. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've seen rats. <laughs> okay, I'm laying on a, on, on a mattress across the street from his mom's house because he couldn't bring me home. Okay, and rats are, are, are wow. all over. But I know it was the grace of God that kept me. I know it was, but beaten, my birthday, April the 10th, I was working. I came home, he was taking apart um, a stereo that my brother had sent to me, mm -hmm. my foster brother had sent to me. And my girlfriend looked at him and she said, oh, I'm out. She, she left, but she knew there was gonna be, she knew about the beatings. She knew there was gonna be a beating. She left knowing mm -hmm. that this was gonna happen. Now, I could have grabbed my baby and left, okay, but I have to come back home. There's no place else to go. I asked him, I said, why are you doing that? And he said, this is what I'm going to, I'm just going to take it apart. Nobody gives you anything. I'm going to take it apart. And I said, well, you really shouldn't do that. It was all then. Wow. I don't hit back. I, I take it because I'm saying, I got to get out of this. If it means that he's got to beat me up and maybe we'll call the cops and maybe this is time. We were very well known by the police department. Okay, domestic violence, we were known. And they would tell me little things to do, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that because God's going to get me out. But anyway, this man beat me so bad that my face was disfigured. Whoa. I had gone away to get some time. My mother tricked me into going to the hospital. When the technician came out, my face is swollen. I'm weighing like 90-something pounds. The technician came out, and he said, who did this to you? Because your face is broken. And if we don't re-break it and set it, Ooh. it's going to cave because it's healing wrong. The bones are healing. Okay. When I went to the op through that operation, one of the members in the church went and got him. Mm. And I can hear him screaming because I didn't look like myself by no means. My younger sister, when she came in, they told me she fainted. Mm. Okay. A measure of abuse. Abuse is abuse. No one deserved to be beaten like that. Was I, was I angry? Of course I was angry. But there was still something inside of me that was fighting on the inside, but it just wouldn't fight on the outside. And eventually, we, we divorced, okay? And, and um, that was the end of that one. The rest you got to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if I may, that's why there's a Psalm 27, because he hid me in his secret place. Okay, he hid you in a secret place. Yes, I thank him okay. for that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yes. I myself, I hid too. I was ashamed. I didn't mm -hmm. go to church. I don't know why y'all didn't see me for a while. I hid. I was ashamed. Mm -hmm. I isolated me. I was just home, taking the kids to school. And back. That's it. You yeah. know what? Apostle Mark said something to me that was so keen. He says, out of every situation, bad situation, find something good mm -hmm. out of that. And you know what good came out of that other than my daughter? Other than my daughter? The fact that my dad, the tradition was, if a female got pregnant, forget the guy, she sat in the back of the church, she didn't do anything, and they had to get married. Mm -hmm. He canceled that law. Mm -hmm. That was over. It was no more, no more like that. So was that to be free and for other women in the church and young girls to be free? That was, that, that was a milestone mm -hmm. in that Baptist church. And what about you, Miss Tina? With mine, um, well, I would call him Dr. Jeff 
Michael and Mr. Hyde. He was Prince Charming at first, you know. I went through so much different things. I had already had two children, young, still, like I say, trying to find love in all the wrong places. And, you know, he came in and, you know, he was heavily into the church and different things. And I was going through a lot at home. So, you know, we became close. You know, he would come over and cook and help and this, that, and other. It just seemed like, oh, the knight in, in shiny armor. I see it now as a spider weaving this web. The web is so pretty. Mm -hmm. And you just fall into it and you just sink deeper and deeper till you smack dab in the middle and it's too late. You know, you wound up in it and it's sucking the life out of you. And like I said, he was so nice. And then it would be little stuff. That would be red flags. And my mom would be like, that's not normal. Because he was very controlling. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you going? Like, call me when you get there. You know, let me know when you get back. But he put it under the guise of, oh, I'm just protect overprotective. And I, I care about you. So it was red flags. And my mom would say stuff. And, you know, I'm just like... Because I had gone through so much, I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And so we got more into it. And then it's like started, you know, the verbal abuse. And then um, it was first slight physical, you know, pushing. And this, that, and other. I got pregnant. Um, I have three children from him. I got pregnant. Um, each pregnancy, he wanted me to terminate, which I refused to because for me, you know, I just, I didn't believe in abortion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I made my bed, so I got to lie Lying, in it, yeah. you know. So one one of my pregnancies, I won't say which one, but one of my pregnancies, he raped me. Because I was trying to, I'm going to church, he's saying, go to church, do this. I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing God, I'm trying to, to live right. I can't live right and sleep with you and do all this other stuff. So if I didn't sleep with him, he would beat me. Wow. And then I would get drugged by my hair and slung on the bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he forcibly. And so one of the times that he raped me, because it was on more than one occasion, I wound up getting pregnant. And each time I had to tell his parents, because he was scared to tell them, because they were in a Pentecostal church, so you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you, you, oh no, you didn't do that. So it had to be my fault that I got pregnant. It could have been his. Even though it takes two to tango, it could it could have been his. And even when I brought the abuse to them, I was literally told by his mom, "You had to do something to cause it because I did not raise him like that." Mm. And I'm looking at her like, "Wait, what?" And as I talked to other family members, I found out that at one point, his dad was abusive and he used to watch it. But she had brothers, and they stopped it. Mm. So he didn't do it anymore. And I had people, like you said, when you're talking about the kids or whatever, I had people that were close to me because I have some brothers from my, my other dad. And they were willing. My bro my baby brother was willing to go to jail <laughs> to kill him because they couldn't stand seeing me like that because they saw the bruises. I would try to cover it up, you know, the clothes or the makeup or whatever and like you said it's that shame is that embarrassment yes, yes. you don't want nobody to know and for me I was more so ashamed because I saw some of the stuff my mom went through and I kept saying I would never go through that don't say what you would never do yes I did say the same 
everything also I would never go through that <laughs> yes yeah and I found myself so when I found myself in it after I had said what I would never do it was that that burden that shame so you're trying to like keep it quiet and then of course he was like the poster boy he was like the choir boy you know mm -hmm. you know everybody oh no he couldn't be like that bad it couldn't be you know it was a few people that saw that isolation the separation of you know from the family that I did talk to or friends I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody he was constantly going through myself um, through my through my belongings and different and different things like that I was doing Mary Kay a while, uh, long time ago at that time and I had some some flowers and some rose boxes because Mother's Day was coming up and all I was trying to do was make extra money for me and the kids to pay bills because he wasn't helping with anything he was just using everything up and I was being abused on top of it he thought somebody brought me flowers at work I explained <laughs> to him what it was he threw all my stuff out the door he swung a hammer at my head mm -hmm. and it had just missed me and my mother had passed not too long before that and he looked at me straight in the face and told the kid because the kids heard the commotion I sent them in the room he called the children out and looked at them and was like if she don't do what I tell her to do I will put her six feet under with her mom and it scared my children to to death and I'm looking at him and so I'm trying to get out the house but of course I can't mm -hmm. because now I know he done lost his mind for real but I couldn't because he what he did was I was gonna try to run that night because my kids had a tutoring session at the library so I was gonna try to go but what he did was he put the younger ones in the car with him and the older ones in the car with me and he followed right behind me and had me on the phone and he was like if you ever call the police on me, you better make sure they get here before I get to you because I will kill you. Wow. He put a knife to my throat while I was holding the baby girl and said he was going to he was gonna cut my throat because he after he done threatened me, done hit me, I got a black eye, then he going to turn around and ask me would I still marry him. And I looked at him and said, H, no. <laughs> like are you kidding me and he grabbed the knife and put it through my throat and said what did you say and it's like I have the baby which is our baby in my arms the other kids are in the room and I'm thinking like are you really going to do this so I'm praying like okay God I gotta act fast because everything is flashing like I don't want him to cut my throat I don't want the baby to fall I don't want the kids to come out so I had to act fast and I said whatever he wanted me to say to take him down mm -hmm. for him to calm down and go sit down somewhere it took everything in me because of course I had to sleep with him that night it was mandatory I was so sick afterwards but I had planned on getting out I had called in I went to go do a restraining order or whatever the police had went and picked him up but this was the twisted thing and this is why I was afraid of it because it's like I'm reaching out to them for help but because he was so cunning and conniving he didn't talk to the man like he don't know what's going on and this can't be right and so as I'm going 
past where I stay at to go back to the school to get the other kids. The police officer is passing with him in the car. The police officer looked at me and pointed and said, there she is right there. And the look on his face, I literally almost had a heart attack. Because I'm like, why would you do that? After I just explained to you what I have gone through. So were you married married to him? No. No. Thank God I was not <laughs> married to him. So how did you get yourself out of that situation? This is the thing. I guess I wasn't very smart the first girl. Around. I got out of it. Mm -hmm. I went to the Springs. We were there for a while. And when I was at the Springs, it was where I said, if I ever get out of this, fully get out of this, I want to give back to other people mm -hmm. and I got out of it but this was the thing once I got out of it I didn't know how to be out of it and stay out of it because he was the only thing that I kind of had because he hadn't drove everybody away mm -hmm. the kids was used to having him around I didn't really have any anybody or any help because it's pretty much his family was helping with them or whatever they was you know missing missing their dad and being around and I didn't know what to do and because I didn't have the support after the fact I wound up going back mm. I did not have the support after the fact and that was the one thing that I was like okay God the women need support mm. after the fact because yeah. what do they do okay I've gotten out of it I'm in a different place I'm here there there but I don't know what to do because that has become their norm. No more. And she's not lying because, like I said, I stayed in there for financial reasons. Because I was like, where am I going to go? I have my four children. I have nowhere to go. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But it's been plenty of times I don't block them from everything. And he knew I didn't have nowhere to go. Okay, I'll find you somewhere to go if you come back. You know, from the moment I thought about it, then I'm like, hey, now the devil is a lie. No, you won't get me like that. But what 